You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Luke in chapter 11. I'm reading verses 1 through 9, and I'm reading from the Good News Translation, which is the same translation as our Pew Bibles. And I know there's not Pew Bibles for you to follow along with today, but if you were following along, it would be on page 97. Did you, steal a prayer? did you steal a pew Bible from the church? It's okay if you did. Let's hear the word of God together. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And so Jesus said to them, when you pray, say this, Father, may your holy name be honored. May your kingdom come. Give us day by day the food we need. Forgive our sins, for we forgive everyone who does us wrong. And do not bring us to hard testing. And then Jesus said to his disciples, Suppose one of you should go to a friend's house at midnight and say to him, Friend, let me borrow three loaves of bread. A friend of mine who is on a trip has come to my house, and I don't have any food for him. And suppose your friend should answer from inside, Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Well, what then? I tell you that even if he will not get up and give you the bread because you are his friend, he will get up and give you everything you need because you are not ashamed to keep on asking. So I say to you, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our redeemer. And we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, Amen. It almost feels rude to start a sermon this way, but I was thinking about summer camp this week because summer camp registration is now open, and I know we're all dreaming of summer, especially right now. But during the summer camps that I lead, I do more talking on the first day of camp than I will do the whole rest of the week. And that's because I think it's important to lay out the groundwork, to set the expectations from the very start. On that first day, I will go over rules early and often in hopes that those rules will stick in the minds of our campers and we can have a peaceful and fun week the rest of the week together. And so on that first day of camp, we'll talk about the boundaries of camp, how far you can go before you're out of bounds for what you can do at camp. We'll talk about the certain limitations of certain actions and activities and then we'll also talk about what actions my counselors or myself will take to get the whole group's attention very quickly. Because there's one of me and one of our counselor and a lot of campers. And so there's a couple of things that I use. One of them is a call and a response where I will say, God is good. They'll say all the time. I'll say all the time. And then they'll say, God is good. And then their voices will turn off. In theory. 
The other strategy that I use, I learned from Paul and Brenda Lynn from Wesley Acres, our site directors up at Wesley Acres. And what they will do is that they will take the American Sign Language sign for I love you and they'll stick it in the air and then they'll wait for everyone else to follow suit, to do the same thing back. And the reason why Paul and Brenda get groups' attention like this is for two reasons. First, it's me as the speaker saying I love you but also like that I love you in the sense that I love you enough to not want you to miss what I'm about to say because what I'm about to say can either keep you safe from what's going to be happening or uh, from something that could happen or, or it could be that we're getting ready to eat food, which, you know, come on now. I love you enough to not want to miss lunchtime. And when you return this symbol to me as the speaker, you are saying that I love you enough to listen. The other reason why Paul and Brenda do getting, uh, get attention this way is because there's an imaginary string that goes from the tip of your thumb to your bottom lip. And so when you have that sign extended in the air, that imaginary string closes your mouth so you can't talk. And it works really well. It works so well the first couple days of camp. That sign goes up and it's just instant and everyone is quiet. On that first day, you can hear a pin drop. But about the middle of the week, human nature takes over. And human nature is what it is. During the middle of the week, that sign will go up. Paul and Brenda or I or one of our counselors will put that sign up. And then what the kids do and what maybe some of our adult counselors do is they put that sign up too and then they turn and keep talking to a neighbor. They're still doing the right thing. They have their hand up, but they're also not listening to what's going on at all. It doesn't matter if it's campers or counselors or even deans. Well, we just start going through the motions. We stop thinking about what it actually means that what we're doing is what we're supposed to be doing. We do it without even thinking about what it means anymore. Which brings me to the Lord's Prayer. This morning we're beginning a message series based on the Lord's Prayer. These words that Jesus gave to his disciples throughout all time of how they are supposed to pray. And as we begin this message series, can we begin with some honesty? And that's that sometimes we treat the Lord's Prayer the same way that kids at camp treat that I love you sign after a while. At some point in your life, someone that cares about you, maybe a parent or a Sunday school teacher or a pastor or a camp counselor, someone loved you enough to teach you the Lord's Prayer, to teach you that these words are important. They'd set that expectation that we would know what this prayer is and hopefully they explain to you how important it is. And intellectually, in the back of our minds, we know that prayer is important, prayer in general, and we know that this prayer specifically is important. And sometimes as we pray these words, we feel the depth and the importance of these words. But other times, human nature is what it is. We find ourselves putting our hands up and then talking anyway. We find ourselves going through the motions. We, go, we find ourselves going through the motions, saying the words of the Lord's Prayer because we know them by heart, but also at the same time thinking about what grocery deals are going on at Sunshine Foods right now. 
it happens to all of us. By the time Jesus' disciples came to him and asked him this important question, this faithful question that we read in Scripture, the disciples have seen Jesus do some truly amazing things. By this point in Jesus' ministry, the disciples have watched Jesus heal. They've heard Jesus teach. They have been on the mountain where Jesus was transfigured into his divine form. They've seen all of it. But they've also seen Jesus praying. And they have noticed that when Jesus is praying, he is not going through the motions. He is having a true moment of communion with God. And his disciples wanted the same thing. And so they come to him and they ask him, Lord, teach us to pray as John's John's disciples taught them to pray. And by the way, this, this question, this request is typical of what a rabbi disciple relationship would have been like. Rabbis in Jesus' day and age, rabbis would have had disciples and the rabbis would have taught a simple prayer to the disciples to repeat over and over and over again. And so when Jesus the rabbi is asked these questions or this question by his disciples, he is more than happy to oblige. And he says to them, when you pray, say this. And he gives them the Lord's Prayer or the Our Father or the Disciples' Prayer. And it is true that we can allow this prayer to become too familiar. We can allow this prayer to just be something that we say by rote, this, by, by habit almost. This can be something that we do just go through the motions of. But these words are still valid. This prayer is still important. We're praying this way because Jesus told us to. This is the words that Jesus gave. But it's also important because of the way that Skyjeth, the, the author Skyjathani mentions it in his, in his book uh, about prayer. He says, The Lord's Prayer is an excellent guide to focus our wandering minds. Jesus taught his followers to recite the Lord's Prayer, not because he did not value authenticity or heartfelt prayers, but because he knew his followers would need more guidance. Jesus knew his disciples would need more guidance because this prayer thing was very, very new. And Jesus knows that no matter what stage of faith we are in, we might also need some guidance. We don't always know how to pray. We get in a situation that we don't know exactly what's going on. We don't know how to pray. But Jesus has given us these words of guidance. Jesus has given us these words to follow. And the guidance begins as Jesus says to his disciples, when you pray, say this, Father, may your holy name be honored, is how it's translated in the Good News translation. May your holy name be honored. Or as we are more likely to say, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be thy name. Making God's name hallowed means to make God's name revered, honored. It means making God's name holy. When we pray, hallowed be thy name, when we pray this Lord's Prayer, we are saying to God that we revere or recognize as awesome or see as beautiful or know as good who God is. 
When we pray in whatever form it is, if it's the Lord's Prayer or otherwise, we always keep in mind that we are talking to someone that is not our peer. That we're talking to someone that has no equal on earth. When we pray, we are living into this tension. This tension that we're praying to God who is Emmanuel, who is God with us. A God who knows us, a God who loves us, but at the same time, we are talking to the literal God of the universe. We're speaking to the literal divine trinity that exists in perpetual community as creator, redeemer, and sustainer. When we pray, we have the honor of talking to someone with no parallel on earth. And whatever awe or reverence we give to the most amazing thing on earth, it can only pale in comparison to the awe and the respect and the reverence that we give to God's name. Because when we pray in God's name, there is something more than just a name being communicated. Our Hebrew ancestors in faith, when they talked about someone's name, it was not just the word that we use to identify that person, but it encompassed all of their character. And so hollowing God's name does not just mean knowing the divine name as it is revealed in Scripture, but rather it is knowing and appreciating and revering all of who God is. Every part of God's character, every part of God's nature, every time we felt God's provision, every part of God's personality. And when we pray, hallowed be your name, uphold the holiness of your name, we're not trying to convince God that God's name is great. We are declaring our intention to shape our hearts around that God's name is greater than ours. We're not saying that God knows God's name is great. We're saying that we know God's name is great and greater than our own. In this and in every step of this prayer, we are making the conscious decision to yield to God. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be thy name. Not hallowed be my name. And that is a hard thing to do. That's a hard thing to pray. It's hard to pray, God, make your name great, even though that means that my name is not great. It's hard to do under normal circumstances. But it becomes an awful lot harder when we're not fully engaged, when we're praying it half-heartedly, When at the same time we're saying these words, we're also going through the grocery list in the back of our heads and trying to decide if Milk Monday deals at Sunshine Foods are worth two trips or not. It's hard because we like to be liked. It's hard because we want to be well thought of. We want to have a good reputation. And sometimes that desire is what guides our actions over and above the heart of God. But friends, it should be more important to us that God's name is hallowed, that God's name is upheld as holy, that God's name is made known over the world. And 
this is how we should pray. We want to pray with a full heart. We want to pray with full devotion. We want to pray with total commitment every single time. God, hallowed be your name. Make your name holy. And so as we live and as we pray, may we give God's name, God's nature, God's character, the reverence that it deserves. Would you pray with me? Holy God, uphold the holiness of your name. Make your name increase in my life, even if that means that my name must decrease. Make your name great. Make your name holy. Make your way the way that we want to follow. Forgive us for our half-hearted prayers. Forgive us for our desperate attempts to hold on to a little bit of control while at the same time saying words about yielding everything to you. Hallow your name in my life. Make your name the greatest thing, my ultimate desire, my highest goal. And let me live in such a way that others are just so pointed to you so that all may know of your love and care and all may follow in your way. We look to your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.